Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. So if you guys are anything like me and you struggle with allergies, raise your hand because I am right there with you. I get super itchy throat, itchy ears, and I sneeze like a crazy woman. And it really does prevent me from wanting to take my daily walks with my husband. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. It is designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongests your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, and an itchy nose and sinus congestion and pressure with an ease, which is a exactly what I need. So I have been using them anytime that I have allergies, which has been many, many times. I have found that it has definitely helped me so much where I can go outside again and enjoy my day. So if you guys are ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it is time to live Claritin Clear. It is fast and powerful. Relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Happy and Healthy. I am your host, Janine Amapola, and welcome back to today's episode. I hope you guys have been enjoying the podcast thus far, and I know I've been enjoying it, and the last week's episode where I talked about just how to not lose yourself in a relationship, that one did pretty well, so I'm glad you guys were enjoying that, resonating with that. For me, today it is July 21st. I am heading off to Nashville tomorrow. I'm really excited. Today's been pretty busy. This week is pretty busy. Next week is pretty busy. There's a lot going on. Um, And as y'all saw, I dropped merch finally, so I'm really excited about that. Currently chatting with my team right now. We are working on getting those shipped out ASAP. So since they are pre-order, we collect everyone's orders, and then at the same point, then we ship them out. So if you guys are wondering, when is my merch coming? It's going to be there probably in about three weeks, so just stay tuned. I'm just trying to get a finalized date from my team and we'll be posting that on the Happy and Healthy podcast, so just stay tuned. But if you guys haven't seen, I drop merch. We have five pieces. We have a matching set, so that's a top and a bottom, some socks, a hat, and a tote. So if you guys will check those out. I think they're so cute, and I absolutely adore them. So make sure you guys check out the merch. It is on janineamapola.com, or it is going to be linked below in the video description and the show notes. But anyway, so for today's episode, I'm bringing on my friend Dylan Long. He's awesome. He's from South Africa. Just a really dope guy. I've been friends with him for a bit and had a really good conversation with him. He loves Jesus and he's also single. So ladies, slide in the DMs. (laughs) He's going to hate me for saying that, but sorry, Dylan. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, that sounds a bit outdated, it's because we filmed it a little bit ago. Obviously, the information is still pretty current. Anyway, the topic was still really, really great and just had a really great time talking to him and you guys submitted some great questions as well well and yeah we have some other fun guests coming up so definitely stay tuned for that of course always let us know on the happy healthy podcast what solo episodes you want because i love doing those for you as well and just a side tangent as well or side note if you're watching the youtube video unfortunately it's going to have to be audio only so for the intro of course we have video but for the actual podcast we had an error which really sucks um for some reason the video 
or Dylan never downloaded it, literally only saved a minute and there was no way to redeem it. And I'm pretty ticked about that. So just so y'all know, it is audio only, but regardless, you still get the content. So hopefully you guys don't mind, but thank you for watching, watching or listening anyway. And again, thank you guys for your support for the monthly donators, everything for your voice memos you sent in. You guys are awesome. I'm going to be playing a voice memo from a listener at the end of this podcast. So let's just get right into today's episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you so much for tuning in and let's bring on Dylan Long. Mr. Dylan Long, welcome to Happy and Healthy. What's popping? What's crackalacking? What's up, everyone? I'm happy to be on the podcast, and I'm healthy, so it's going to be a good podcast. <laughs> it's an honor to be on. I'm excited for whatever we talk about. Oh, yeah. So I was uh, I made an intro, actually, and I told them that originally I had this like specific topic, and I was like, you know what? Let's just see what God does. Let's just see how you respond to these questions that people have for you. And I also just want to hear more of your story because people may not know who you are. And so we'll kind of give a little bit of a, of a backstory to everyone of how we met. But I kind of want to just see what happens in today's episode. Does that sound okay? I like that. I'm excited. That makes me nervous, but excited. <laughs> yeah. You never know what's going to come up, but that's good. Are you someone that likes to prepare like to the T or do you like things just to go and be free? Somewhere in the middle. I can't be too prepared because then I feel boxed in. Yeah. But if I have no preparation, I can't take the like nerves and pressure there are some some pressing burning questions in here from mainly women i mean are we surprised lots of girls are i guess interested in you telling <laughs> so we'll get to that don't you worry but first and foremost um i kind of want you just to kind of share your story so you and i met back at next gen sum in nashville in september and I was like, okay, whoa, this guy's got an accent. Where is he from? Of course, I guessed incorrectly. I was like, let me guess you're from Australia, which... Everyone does. I was Everyone gonna say, wrong. You, you probably get that all the time. Um, but you're not from Australia. You're from South Africa, which... Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so also, for those who don't know, Dylan has this saying where he says, let's go. And our whole friend group just, like, copies it all the time. I mean, I still, I say it to people all the time, so... Thank you for giving me that phrase. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, Dylan, give us like the background. Who are you? Where did you come from? Why do you, you know, why are you a pastor? Why are you a public speaker? How did you get into this? Um, and share everything that you find, you know, helpful for people. Okay, I'll give you the quick overview. Firstly, thanks for having me on the podcast. I, Janine, I think you're amazing. I love, I've said this to you before in private. I think your voice is needed in this generation. The way you speak truth and love is very much needed and i'm thankful and i always learn from you anytime so i'm excited to learn from you on this podcast too oh, so thank you for having me on thank you're you. amazing so my story i grew up in south africa I, my grandmother was a missionary to like <clears throat> 70 nations my dad kind of was in those same footsteps and in high school i kind of walked away from the lord um, i was still in church every week but it was just messing around with girls drinking getting drunk that sort of stuff and when i finished high school honestly I just didn't really know what to do with my life. And I told all my friends I was taking a gap year, but actually I was going to Bible school in America just because going to America sounded really cool to me. Um, so I still read my DMs sometimes from back in the day of like telling my friends how my gap year is going, but I'm actually in Bible school. Um, so I go to Bible school and that's kind of where God really like turned my life upside down. So I come to Bible school, I lie on my application. I'm 19, I show up in America. Nothing's really going for me in the natural. And 
there was a pastor at the Bible school and two weeks before school started, God told him to mentor me before we had ever met. He didn't know who I was. He basically hears God's voice say, hey, mentor this kid. He looks me up online. He finds me um, and he begins to mentor me. And suddenly everything changes out of nowhere. No one expected, including myself. My parents are like, what's happening? And my life begins to be transformed in like a three-month period. That's when God really started to move in my life. He really opened up the revelation of righteousness to me and dealed with a lot of the shame that I had in my life and the sin, the practices of sin that I was dealing with. And I just started to experience this freedom. And the overflow of that was starting to share the gospel on the streets and seeing God move in strangers' lives every day and watching them encounter God. After doing two years of Bible school, I had the opportunity to move to Europe to join a ministry called Awakening Europe, which does stadium events throughout Europe. And I got to travel with, the, um, with Ben Fitzgerald, who started that ministry for a year. Someone wrote me like a $10,000 check and was like, we just want to sow into you. So I get to travel wow. with him for a year and just see God move all over the world. And then after that year, it pretty much just happened that people started inviting me to come and speak. And it was never something that I like had to force, which I love. I never had to ask people to have me out. I never had to like try to force opportunities. I was kind of just riding, riding this wave that God had me on. And suddenly people started inviting me to speak. And I'm 21 at the time. And before I know it, I'm getting to travel the world and preach. People are flying me out. And I was acting like I knew what I was doing. I had no idea. I was in a way over my head. <laughs> but acting like I knew everything. Um, so that's kind of the journey. And then after five years of living in Germany, being a part of Awakening, traveling, most years I traveled over 200 days of the year, um, speaking in different continents, nations. And then last year, I felt God calling me to move back to America, which has just been amazing. So I live in Portland now. I'm on staff at a church. I pastor at the church, mm. mainly young adults and youth, and I still travel and speak. Um, and that's a quick overview of who I am. Wow. You know what? That deserves this sound effect. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Literally the coolest story. And it's so funny because, you know, from the world, they could look at you. They could look at me. They could be like, oh, man, he has us all figured out. Surely he never struggled. Surely he never went through anything. And it is just so, like, humbling to and humanizing to be like, yeah, I also went through the party phase. I also did this. I also struggled with that. And this is how the Lord rescued me. And, you know, I think people can look at these pastors and have all these misconceptions or assumptions about you thinking that you have it all together or whatever. And it's humanizing to just be like, nope, I'm still figuring this out. But by the grace of God, I've been able to overcome these struggles. And initially when I, you know, we talked about what we were going to talk about, you had said you wanted to talk about, you know, being free and how to not go back to sin and addictions. And I definitely want to touch upon that. Um, but it's just really cool to see your story that people could look at you and see you on stages and not really know like all that took place to get where you are today. And so it's really cool just to see where God took you. I didn't know that someone, I, you probably told me that, but I forgot that someone was like, I'm going to mentor you, which is just so crazy because it just yeah, shows wild. that like God has a hand in our lives, you know, always, even when we don't see it, even when we don't want to believe it, even when we're just denied it, like, oh, God's left me. He doesn't care about me. I'm always so reminded by your story, by even reading my old journal entries where I'm like, whoa, he has never left me. He's always been working. He's been moving things behind the scenes. And I think that's really cool. I love that. It is amazing. And what you're saying too with leaders, I think sometimes we have a misconception that 
that leaders don't struggle or they aren't tempted or they aren't going through their things. And often it's on leaders that portray that through their communication or leadership style. But I remind people all the time that I'm still tempted almost every day, that I still have my challenges almost every day. Because if as leaders we portray ourselves to be perfect, our congregations or people in churches are like always condemned because they aren't living up to that standard. But it's mm -hmm. an unrealistic standard. Everyone struggles. Everyone has challenges. Everyone has temptations. It's not just you. Leaders have them too. Absolutely. And so I guess kind of touching upon what we were going to talk about a little bit because you know, you are on stages, you are, you do have a public platform, people are flying you out, they're sowing a seed into you. And the Bible talks about, you know, pastors and speakers, or not necessarily speakers, but we're going to be held double accountable. Like if we're going to be preaching this in a public light, we're going to be held double accountable. And so I guess, what does it look like for you, A, to fight those temptations behind the scenes? And B, what is like your secret place look like when you are fighting behind the scenes? Because people can just see you on stage, but what are you doing in the mundane? What does a secret place look like for you? That's a great question. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing to fight temptations, which I've had to learn, is just bringing them into the light. The enemy loves for us to think that we are the only ones struggling with our struggle. Like if you take a room of 100 young adults, and you said, how many of you have watched pornography? It would be 99% of the room, yet somehow, at some point, that have watched pornography, yet somehow we convinced in our minds that if I tell someone else, they'll view me differently because I'm the only one that's doing it. And if we can overcome that and be like, I'm actually not going to be ashamed, because what I would say is our shame about our sin is a bigger issue than the sin, because shame is what keeps you in the sin. Like in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, there's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Now, Paul knew we would sin again, yet he says it's possible to have no condemnation. So I would say condemnation or shame. So I try to fight shame in my life. If I have a temptation, a thought, or I do something, I don't want to give the enemy any stronghold. So practically what that looks like is reaching out to a friend or a mentor and saying, hey, I know this isn't who I am because I'm a new creation. I'm righteous. I'm holy. I'm pure. But this is what I did or this is how I was tempted. And I found you, you take all the power away from the enemy when you bring things into the light. So practically, that's something that I do. That was modeled to me by leaders. I remember being so humbled when a leader came to me in Bible school and was like, hey, I've been having sexual temptations. Can you pray for me? Now, he didn't sin because temptation isn't sin. Mm -hmm. Everyone gets tempted. The Bible says Jesus was tempted in every way. So he's experienced the temptations we experience. So I remember seeing that and it marked me. It's, hey, it's actually okay to ask for prayer and then the enemy has no place to point at shame in our lives so i found that to be extremely helpful um and then as far as the secret place just renewing my mind staying close to god i've noticed that when i stop drinking from his well i start drinking in other places metaphorically mm -hmm. when i'm not close to him and one of the lessons that i had to learn was to pray more after i preach or minister than before because after you're tired and that's when the enemy often will use that time when you're weak to attack you. So I've had to learn to that's when to really be in the word, really be close to the Lord is afterwards too. So I'll just say being in the scripture, renewing our mind, because either the world is renewing your mind or the word is renewing your mind. Mm. And I would recommend having the word renew your mind. So those are some things that I find helpful. That's so dang good. That was a bar. We uh, we now make these like uh, YouTube clips where we just put like the best part of the podcast as the clip for promo, and okay. I think that was it. <laughs> that was so good. Let's go. We got it in. We got Low it score. Okay, we can end the podcast. <laughs> That's so good. And I don't know. I just really do think 
I know everyone talks about like living in the light, but it's so scary to do. It's so vulnerable to live in the light because you're having to tell people all the thoughts, all the things, the dreams you're having, the shows you're watching, all the things that you're doing. But that is how we find freedom. Like I always tell that to people. I'm like, the enemy wants you to be isolated, to live in secrecy, to live in darkness. But here's the fact of the matter is that whatever is done in the darkness will always be exposed in the light because the truth always does come out and the truth also sets you free. And so before it exposes you, go ahead and expose yourself because it's going to come out either way. And so I think the way that sin manifests is different in each whatever sin that, that it is, it manifests in different ways. But I do believe that eventually it comes out. And we've seen that. We've seen that with public pastors. We've seen that with influencers. We've seen that it somehow always comes out. And we're not here to, like, shame you, but also just to give you an encouragement and a boost to be like, tell someone. Because it may be the scariest thing you do, but it's also the best thing you can do. Um, And And some people, like for me, I'm not naturally vulnerable at all. So it's like a challenge every time because in my head, I'm like, oh, I made a mistake. I'm not going to do it again. I know who I am. So I'm, that's coming from someone who hates being, not hates being vulnerable, sucks at being vulnerable and <laughs> learning the hard way to do it. So if I can do it, anyone watching can do it. Um, and the cool thing is when you share it with someone else, you a new creation, you born again. That's not who you are. That's the old man. Mm-hmm. But a sign of you being free from that person is no longer being ashamed of him because you a new creation. So you shouldn't be ashamed of that person because that's your old man. You a new man. Mm. So I'd encourage you to really bring it into the light. But yeah, sorry. Amen. I don't again. No, that's so, that's so freaking good. Is that like a cultural thing? Like in South Africa, what, tell me about the culture there a little bit. Cause I don't know. Is it normal to be more secretive? Is it normal not to be vulnerable? Like what is that culture like? It's a good question. I'm not sure about the whole nation per se, but I would say there's definitely more like, Amongst guys, you probably aren't going to be super vulnerable. You probably get roasted. South Africans <laughs> love sarcasm. I love being sarcastic. So we know. It's probably not what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Janine knows. Sarcasm is my love language. I would say it probably would be like one of the challenges is for people to open up and be vulnerable with, with those around them for sure. Okay. That's good to know. So you mentioned that you have a mentor. How did you kind of go about finding that? Because I know people ask me all the time, like, how do I even find a mentor? Because I know Christian influencers, we can all say the same things, like get in community, get in church, find a mentor. But for some people, they're like, it's not that easy. Like, y'all act like it's just so simple to do. And I know for me, like, I have mentors. I prayed for it. But I think for you specifically, what does it mean to have a mentor and how did you go about finding that? Part of today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, and I've worked with BetterHelp in the past, and I'm an advocate for them because I actually use BetterHelp now. I just started recently uh, working with a counselor through BetterHelp, and it's been such a blessing because I know life can get crazy when seasons are changing, you're stressed out, you're dealing with a lot of stuff, and you're kind of like, why am I feeling this way? What is going on? It is so important just to talk to someone and and just have someone process with you and help reveal what is going on. And so that's exactly why I 
recommend BetterHelp. So what is BetterHelp? BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to, which I know for me, sometimes I don't want to. Sometimes I want to just not have makeup on and just chat with someone. It's also much more affordable than in-person therapy. So you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So if you guys want to do this, I highly recommend my happy and healthy listeners are going to get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash healthy that's better h-e-l-p.com slash healthy hope you guys enjoy it that's a great question um i think i would say become a son or daughter first and a mentor will find you um would be my advice to people because often people are looking for fathers or mothers in the faith to help mentor them but they aren't in a position yet to be mentored they aren't in a position that they're teachable or want to learn so i think for me i position myself as a son or daughter and then i prayed and asked God. I know that's a spiritual answer, but I really did. I said, God, I need like a mother or father in my life. Will you please give me one? And I asked him and he did answer that prayer for me. But I think too, positioning ourselves as sons and daughters is so important because oftentimes we aren't actually ready to be fathered or mothered. Like, are you open to receiving somebody's counsel or feedback? And what I would say is just serve, get plugged into the church and serve and allow God to send you a mentor in the right time. But often we don't want to do the dirty work of serving. Honestly, when I'm looking for someone to mentor or so into, I'm looking for people that are serving in the church, people that are plugged in in the church. So I would, I would recommend that for sure. And then being a son or daughter, being someone that's super open to feedback, that actually, that actually welcomes feedback, something that I recently implemented in my life after hearing about some of those pastors, unfortunately, in the limelight that have had falls or made mistakes. One thing that I implemented now is I've invited two people that are leaders and I've said, Hey, you can ask me any question you want at any time. Nothing's off limits. Mm. So I'm positioning myself as a son. I'm going, nothing is off limits for you to ask at any time. I don't have to come to you. I don't have to do anything. So I'm positioning myself with people above me. So that could look like you going to your um, small group leader or your home group leader. Sometimes the other thing is that we're looking for well-known people to mentor us. And internally, we don't want a mother or father. We, we see them as the answer to us getting influence or clout or significance. Mm. And I'm like, no, 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 you just ask God. He might bring you this grandmother that prays for eight hours a day that no one knows who she is, but she can transform your life. So don't miss out on that either. Have your eyes open and don't only think that it has to be a well-known um, pastor. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Though. Yeah. I'll, I was, I was actually going to say the exact same thing. I think that's such a great answer is first and foremost, praying about it. Because I know for me, when I lived in California, I got a mentor and then I moved back here, prayed about it again, found a mentor. And I love that you said it doesn't need to be this well-known person. Like my Bible study leader back in California, she was just going to my church. She was this older lady. She had walked through a lot of the similar stuff I walked through and I prayed for that. I was really intentional about it. And the Lord genuinely like, completely made that happen and so I know it does sound like you were saying like kind of spiritual or whatever but I think it matters God cares about our prayers and it does matter and I also like that you said just like serve like just be there show up because I really do think like throughout your obedience and just being like invested in the church God's going to start connecting you to people slowly but surely and again I've seen it happen to me here in Dallas I'm now recently mentoring this girl and the reason why it works is because she's like that she's willing to put everything on the table she tells me everything I check up on her she's willing to be honest she's willing to be corrected 
it's so hard to mentor someone that doesn't actually genuinely want to be mentored. So like how you have to partner with each other of honesty and, yeah. and correcting each other. And maybe there's sometimes where I miss the mark where maybe I miss, I misspeak or I'm like, she's like, Hey, actually that's, that's not true. And I could be like, okay, well that's okay. So me also being willing to be corrected, but also her being willing to be teachable and open is everything. So if you're going to seek out mentorship, you got to be prepared that it's about to get hard and painful, but that in turn is going to give you freedom in the end and it's worth it. That's so good. And I would even recommend like, if you're going to meet with someone like Janine saying, and you want them to mentor you, come with questions, come with issues, come with things that you need breakthrough. And because sometimes I think we try to be friends with the leader, but they probably have limited amount of time. They already have a lot of friends. They're already stretched thin. Yeah. And I know for me, I'd rather have my time be valuable. If you want to be mentored, I'd happily mentor you and sit for 45 minutes and ask questions and help you give you advice. If you're just coming to hang out, I already have limited time for my friends to hang out. Yes. That's why I said position yourself as a son or daughter. Come ready to learn with questions, actually. Because to me, one of the most frustrating things is when someone asks for a meeting, we set up a meeting and we get there and there's no reason for the meeting. Mm. And then I look and I go, well, I could have hung out with friends that I don't get to spend time with. So I'll just say utilize that time and be very specific in that time. That's honestly such a good point. And I think that's kind of hard to hear. But to be respectful of their time, because I know with my mentor here in Dallas, she's very busy. She's an author. She's a speaker. She's very busy. So when I sit down with her, I'm like, okay, this is the issue. Let's get to it. Let's pray. How do I solve this? And then I try to genuinely take her advice because sometimes I think they just want someone to like listen to them, but they don't actually want to apply the advice. And you're kind of like, well, if you want someone just to like listen to you, like you can go to your friends. But if you genuinely want help, like that's where I want to come in. So that's a great point. Okay. So. Another thing that I kind of wanted to like learn or more understand is you said you've done ministry like all over the world. You lived in Germany for five years, which as you know, my dad's from Germany as well, which is really cool. Ich liebe Deutschland. What were some of like the craziest God moments that you experienced? Like I know I'm having to like make you pull this just out of nowhere, but if you could think about back to like a country or a specific moment where someone listening might be like, that didn't happen or they're doubting God or they're doubting in miracles or whatever. Do you have like a specific story you can think of that would really like instill some faith and hope in someone? I mean, two come to mind straight away. And both of them have to do with like God moving within church services. The first one, I remember I was preaching in Belgium, actually. And in Belgium, you have to have a translator. And the one church that invited me in was like, hey, we actually aren't going to have a translator for you tonight. We just said only come if you understand English. So I go, okay. And the head pastor goes, and we've heard you preach. We love what you preach, but just stay away from the whole healing topic. And that's always interesting <laughs> when someone sort of like tells you that right before you're going up to preach. Yeah. So I go, okay. So I get up. The church is actually reason. There's a lot of people there. I preach my message. And at the end, I feel like the Lord says, go up to healing. But obviously, I want to be respectful because I always want to honor the pastors. That's, never, that's not my normal by any means. I'd rather honor them, respect them. So I briefly share about healing, but very honorably. And then he's like, okay, pray for people to be healed. And now at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm not getting invited back, which is fine because that's going to be okay. Um, So I say, if you need healing, stand up in your seat. So a bunch, maybe 20 people stand up and people in the church begin to pray for them. I prefer for people to pray for the people standing up versus me. Otherwise people think I'm the one who heals versus Jesus inside of every believer so they pray. I'm not praying for anyone, but I do say a quick prayer from the stage. Everyone be healed in Jesus' name. And the service ends. A lot of those people receive healing. 
And at the end of the service, there's a line of people coming to speak, which normally happens. And this person comes forward and it's a woman and a man. And the woman says, hey, I need a translate for him. He doesn't understand English. So I go, okay, what's the issue? And she goes, he needs prayer. And I'm like, okay, what does he need prayer for? And she goes, no, you don't understand. He had pain in his back, but he doesn't believe in healing. And I go, okay, what's the issue? And she goes, well, he doesn't understand English either. So I'm like, okay. And she says, when you prayed for healing, he felt somebody pick him up from behind, click his back into place. And he's healed now. But the issue is he doesn't believe in healing and he doesn't understand Whoa. English. He had to ask her, like, what just happened? What did he just say? Whoa. So that was really cool because it, it just made me think like how God is bigger than someone's unbelief. Like he's against healing. It's wow. almost like annoyed him or confused him now. But God's bigger than his unbelief, which is, that was really cool. That one always stuck with me. Oh my gosh, that that is so cool. I was just going to say, you know, like in the Bible, Jesus always said, like, your faith has you healed. But even though he didn't have faith, God was still so tender to be like, I'm still going to heal you to show you who I am and my power and my works and that I am real. That is so cool. Exactly. Because it's cool because it goes both ways. So sometimes he looked at the person's faith and said, your faith has made you well. And then in like Mark chapter 2, with the story of breaking the roof and coming down, Jesus mm-hmm. looks at the friend's faith and says, their faith has made you well, which is really cool that our faith can impact somebody else. And then at times their faith can help them receive their miracle. Mm. So that was just, That's good. That was awesome. That was, that was a cool story. I love that. Okay. So actually in response to that, because I'm going through the, the questions, um, Brianne actually asked, well, how should we respond when someone doesn't immediately get healed? That's a, it's a great question. There's, there's it a is. Lot of this could be another 45 minute question. episode. <laughs> exactly. This could, I'll try to keep it short. I think for me, I always, I always come back to this question. The Jesus that I know in scripture and that I read of in scripture, if he had prayed for that individual, would they have been healed? I say absolutely yes, based on what I see within my Bible. So when somebody doesn't get healed, my response is I don't change my theology based on my experience. I keep it based on scripture and scripture says, that I believe it's God's will to heal people. So what I do is I go to God and I say, God, help me renew my mind. Give me more faith. I know I'm still just as loved by God. I know I'm right with God. Um, but I say, God, give me more faith. Cause I know sometimes as believers and the story I'll use without going into too much detail is the story of Jesus and the parents bring a child to the disciples. We know the story. The disciples can't cast the demon out of this child. So the parents bring it to Jesus. And Jesus doesn't say, if I wanted her to be healed, the disciples would have set her free. Jesus actually sets the child free, which means their experience didn't line up with God's will in the situation. They didn't see the child free, yet Jesus sets the child free. So we know sometimes our experience might not line up with God's will in that situation. And what does Jesus say? He says, this type only comes out through prayer and fasting. And I believe he's talking about unbelief in that context because the whole passage is about unbelief. So he's saying this type of unbelief only comes out through prayer and fasting. So the teaching there to me is that we need to grow in faith, get rid of unbelief, and then we'll walk in more and more power. But I don't want to cut the tension and change my theology when someone doesn't get healed to go, well, that's not God's will. Well, God gave them the sickness while well, God's teaching them a lesson. I just don't relegate my experience. And I would, I would encourage everyone at the same time, it can be hard. I'm not saying it's easy, but take it to God in the secret place, hold him to his word. He's actually okay with that. So that's, that's a short answer yeah. to a big, a big question. It is. Yeah. That's a sticky question to, to answer be so short because people all have different experiences. I'm sure some people have 
genuinely had some deep pain or hurt about maybe why didn't you heal my mom? Why didn't you heal me? Why did this person pass? How could God be a loving God? And I think that's also where we just have to wrestle with it because the enemy will want us to turn that, you know, unanswered prayer on unanswered healing into doubting God and believing that God isn't good because of that. And so, you know, the enemy will use that situation to be like, see, I told you he doesn't care about you. God's not listening. You know, he doesn't care. Like all these different lies that the enemy will use so that you'll doubt your your belief in God. And it's tricky because I do think doubt is a very powerful tool that the enemy uses. And so I just want to encourage people, like, don't cease to pray and just keep believing and just know that if it is God's will to heal them, that's amazing. And I believe he will do it. But if it's not, um, you just have to trust that it's for something. It's for something greater. It's for something that he's trying to show us. Not that, like, I like what you said. He's not trying to, like, punish us. Um, but that is such a, a lofty, a lofty topic to talk about. It is. And, and I would say like my mom struggles with scoliosis and like some sicknesses, but I see people healed of scoliosis pretty regularly. So I'm in that tension Janine's talking about where it's like, should I change my belief system? Should I change my theology? Should, and it's a constant wrestle to go, no, I'm going to choose to believe scripture until my experience lines up with scripture and I'm not going to bring scripture down to meet my experience. Mm-hmm. So it is difficult and there is a tension like you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. So moving along, someone asked me for you, Christine asked me, what did you learn being under Ben Fitzgerald with the awakening ministry? That's, that's a great question. I would say, so just to give some context to listeners, that's that stadium ministry that I was a part of in Europe. I mean, one thing I learned for sure that if God tells you to do something, he will provide everything necessary to do it. Mm. Uh, Because basically some context, God told Ben and the team to hire a stadium and um, make it 10 euros a person, which is super cheap. It's like $15 a person. So 27 and like no one knew who any of the team was. And then nine months later, 27,000 people show up in a stadium worshiping God. And 1.6 million euros came in through faith and just believing. Mm. So, and that happens every time where the tickets don't even match close to how much it costs on purpose so that everyone can come. So I definitely learned if God tells you to do something, he'll provide the finances. And one thing that I learned specifically from Ben is even though he's leading this large ministry of stadiums, there wasn't a day that I lived with him or knew him where he didn't share the gospel with someone. And I can say wow. that like as a fact, there wasn't a day that he didn't share the gospel in the five years that I've known him. So no matter how big it's got, he's never gotten away from just the simple gospel, which I love. Because sometimes I'm sure people can can like relate to this. Sometimes it feels like Christianity can get so big or influence is growing. There's other things to do. But I love the fact that he's renting a stadium, but he's still stopping for the one on the way to the stadium, mm. making him late, but he's sharing the gospel. And that's that's something that I've learned and, and it's always stuck with me just to keep living out the simple gospel regardless of how everything seems Amen. to get bigger and bigger. Oh, I love that. And that's such a great reminder for me as well. Um, I love that. And I can't wait. So for those who don't know, I might actually be joining Dylan uh, with that in July. I'm really, really excited. I'm trying to check out all the flights right now, but you should, you have to, everyone's <laughs> invited. If you're listening, come to awakening. Yes. July. If you're one of my European listeners, um, please come. I think the dates what, are July 14th to 17th. Is that correct? I think it's July 16th to the 19th, but awakeningeurope.com. Okay. Yes. Look it up, awakeningeurope.com. Yes. It'll be so fun. I'm going to try time. my best to be there. And I just think it's going to be so cool to just get to do some ministry uh, and abroad. And it's just been always been my dream to do that. And so I just, I'm like, let's go God. <laughs> 
Um, okay. Amazing. I have a couple more questions for you. And the last one specifically around the faith topic is William asked you, uh, when following Jesus, does the cost feel costly for you? It's a good question. Does the cost feel costly for you? That's, that's a great a good question. and deep question. I think absolutely. Yes. I think, I don't know anyone that's like leading a ministry or pastoring that's like, it's always super easy. I think it's actually a lot harder than people realize from behind the scenes. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Is there like an actual cost that you're paying sometimes? Yes. I think I would say the cost for me is the things that I'm not naturally good at, but I know I'm supposed to do for my calling. And that's where the cost comes to me of feeling super uncomfortable, um, of being in the deep end. And just it would be much easier to just retreat for me to something more comfortable, yeah. but just living uncomfortable on purpose. And in day-to-day pastoring life for me, it can look super simple. Like here's an example. Like I hate confrontation. Like hate confrontation. Same. Like I, I would rather cut you off than confront you naturally. <laughs> I'm not there anymore. I'm not there anymore. But that's my natural. It's like I would rather just never let, let's never talk about it again. Let's just move on. <laughs> but you can't do that as a pastor and a leader. So for me, the anxiety that comes with confrontation on almost a daily basis, I have to carry that. I have to push through that. And you might feel like that's so small. Well, it's not for me. Like that's something that I struggle with or the pressure of dealing with everyone's opinions. Yes. That like almost gets my head sometimes. I'm like, I don't, unwanted opinions for me is one of the hardest things to deal with. <laughs> like you preach or dress a certain way and everyone's sharing and they're super kind. They aren't meaning to be rude. So it's different small things like that, which, People listening might be like, oh, that's so dumb or so small or whatever. But there's a lot of smaller things like that. Or the pressure of communicating. Like there was times this year where I was preaching three to four different sermons a week in our community. Wow. And the pressure of doing that, towards the end of the year, I had to cut back just because of, of like the pressure of doing it. That's all you're thinking about. That's all you're meditating on. So there's definitely moments where I look and I'm like, wow, this is a cost. Or I'm learning and growing and being stretched. But at the end of the day, it's so worth it for sure. But yes, there is a cost sometimes. <laughs> Speaking of people's opinions, has anyone ever like DM'd you about your hair? Because you made it bleach blonde like Justin Bieber style. Did you get any DMs about that? Uh, not really. Actually, people weren't. I was surprised that like none of the con- more conservative church was upset about my hair. I was like, this is... <laughs> And, and now it's at the awkward stage where I might dye it brown or cut it off. But somebody did say this a few weeks ago, which I thought was hilarious. They were like, your hair looks like a Michael's paintbrush. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. I loved it. You loved, loved it? it. <laughs> I'm done. it was like a friend. It was a friend that like, liked, liked it. It's oh a teen. I was listening at a church and she was like, your hair looks like a Michael's paintbrush. And I was like, that's funny. That is you funny. You have to be able to roast you have to be able to roast yourself. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. You definitely need to. You need to be able just to be like, you know what? If I'm going to dish this out, I can also take it. Oh, yeah. But also, I, I like the blonde on out, you. So I have to, that's what everyone's saying. Now they're like, I can't see you with brown hair. Like, everyone is hating on me going blonde. It was like, <laughs> you know, it looks so bad. And now there's people like, I can't imagine you with brown hair. No, I like so. the blonde. I mean, I like both, but... I feel like our whole friend group first was like roasting you because we called you Justin Bieber. But now I like, I think it kind of works. I think you should just dye it again. I know it's expensive and a lot of work to maintain, but I think it, I think it works. It's not the expensive or maintain. It's just how long it takes to grow out is the issue. Like this yeah. has been like almost two months and it's barely grown out. So I'm like, I want to restart that process. <laughs> oh, try being a girl. <laughs> you, you have way less hair than us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't plan on trying. The next part of this podcast, which you knew it was coming. Oh, 
You knew. Is it? Is it coming? What's coming? Uh, someone asked you, are you looking for a wife? And do you have a type that catches your eye? Do I have a type? I'm looking for a wife for sure. Um, yes. Do I have a type that catches my eye? I don't know about type. I think for me, as long as I love spending time with them and they have a great sense of humor, I have three like pre pre prerequisites. I'm not even going to Prerequisites. Three rules. That's, That's You did people. the German three. I love it. Three that's, rules. That's how I do mine too, actually. <laughs> do I like spending time with them, which would encompass like a good sense of humor? Um, that's huge for me. Like if I don't like spending time with you, um, do they love the Lord? And am I attracted to them? Those are my three to like be able to like at least start a conversation or go on a date. I try to keep it as simple as possible. Um, but yeah, that's, I'd say that's my type. Okay. Which, that's obviously very open-ended because, like, am I attracted to them? I probably have a type that I'm attracted to. Right. But, yeah. No, I think it's good. I think it's good to be open. Do you – have you ever, like, asked a girl on a date that you were like, typically I wouldn't go for her, but I want to just see how this goes? No. Dylan! I don't really ask <laughs> – I don't ask a lot of girls on dates. Okay, I was going to ask you, when was the last time you went on a date with a girl? Uh, it would have been probably my ex-girlfriend, like, 18 months ago. Oh, Dylan, it's time to get back out there. No, I'm back out there. I just thought, to me, dates are the most awkward. I'm trying to be like, I need to know them well enough first. I guess maybe I've been on some dates if that counts as like going to get coffee or hanging out one-on-one. Okay. Because I'm not the the guy that's like going to ask. I don't know if I need to like just get better at it because I'm also like, do I want the reputation of asking everybody out on dates when I'm traveling and stuff like that? But I'm Mm. more the type like I'll meet somebody, get to know them. And then if it's like I enjoy them, I'm going to ask them out on a date versus using the date to primarily get to know them, which I'm sure there's a lot of opinions based on what I just said. Yeah, I'm sure. But also, I don't feel like that's necessarily wrong. Like, I feel like a lot of pastors will talk about like when you're dating, just to like look at the person that's already like kind of in your life or like maybe they're ready at your church or they're ready in your friend group and you're kind of like assessing based off of that. But I just feel like I've seen so many guys be so passive when there's been like the most amazing women in front of them and they don't do anything. And I'm like, I know you have feelings for her. Like, I know you're crushing, but they're so scared to mess up the dynamic of the friend group or whatever. And I'm like, do something about it. But I don't know. I know it can get awkward. That's true. That's true. I mean, the last person that I really liked, I ended up like pursuing. So if there's someone that I'm like really interested in, I will shoot my shot. There's no one that I've been like, I really like this person, but I'm like afraid or whatever. But the friend group one, can, I could see it definitely messing up dynamics yeah. in a friend group. Yeah. If it goes south. If it I, goes, I know. If it's like you shoot your shot, you get shut down, you're in a friend group, that's RIP friend group. Oh, literally. Because what's kind of funny is we we do have this friend group and majority of the people are single. And we and all went back from the trip and people in my church are like, why are you not dating anybody? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you need to chill. <laughs> it's so funny because like we were all in the Lake Tahoe trip and I did that live stream where I'm like, ladies, meet all the men. And all the girls were like, why aren't you dating them? Like, why aren't you dating? Blah, blah, blah. But then also I even was thinking, I was like, why are none of these men asking any of these girls? And it's fine if there's really not like a genuine interest, but we have so many like single people in our friend group and no one's ever really like crossed that because I think people are so scared it's going to get awkward and messy, which it might, but I just thought it was interesting. I'm like, hmm, a lot of godly, attractive people in this friend group and nothing's happening. That's facts. It's true. It is funny. Okay. Someone uh, asked, and then we'll start to wrap up, but someone asked from a guy's perspective, what would be like the best way to break up with a guy? 
Like this girl is asking for help. That's a great question. I think for me, number one, you have to do it in person. That's not even an option. Mm. And some of you are like, that's obvious. It's not as obvious as you think. Mm. Like if you're living in the same city, I think the, the guy deserves for it to be in person and vice versa, like regardless of how hard that is, regardless of how it sucks, because your hearts have come together. So to me, to break that verse on a phone call or a text just isn't really fair either way. Do it in person. Number two, it's going to be hard, which is okay, but that's the reality of it. And I would just say, be honest about it. I feel like a lot of times when people break up, they aren't honest, like about why they're breaking up. Yeah. And don't blame God. Mm. Don't blame God. God gives you a free will. So, so I'm not a big like, because you'll hear people say like, God just saying it's not my season, but they're dating <laughs> someone else the next week. I'm like, that was just cast. Like you exactly. used the God card when it just wasn't true. Yeah. So to me, I think meet up in person, just be honest. Um, you could even honor them, like what you liked about them, like the good time that you had together and, and be honoring to them. You don't have to be rude. And um, just share how you experienced it and, and why you're doing it and be honest. Like, this is what I'm going through. This is how I experienced you or like whatever the issue is. Just be honest about how you're feeling and what you're going through. Because um, the more honest you are, the more helpful it is for the other person. Exactly. So I think a lot of times when people break up, they aren't honest, which means you have to have a phone call like a month later to give each other closure. Yeah. I notice that happens a lot. And I'm like, we can end that phone call by just being really honest, even if it's harder. And then if you really love that individual, at least they will be able to improve based on your feedback. That is so good. I completely agree. I think there's that saying that says clarity is kindness and just being as clear and honest as possible is kind. Like, in the moment, yeah. it's probably really awkward and painful and kind of, like, uncomfortable to do. But that's kind of the person that so that they're not like, wait, so God just told them it wasn't the timing. So th does that mean we'll get back together in three months? Should I wait around for this person? So I almost think even giving it, like, if you, like, kind of setting a healthy boundary as well of, like, hey, I really think it's best if going forward we don't talk anymore. Because yeah. then sometimes, and depending on the situation, but sometimes people leave it super open-ended and then the person's like, well, can we still be friends? And then to me, I'm like, I don't really know if you can be texting and being quote unquote best friends with your ex anymore. Like, I just don't think that works. So even setting like a boundary is really helpful for I the agree. person. So that's great. I like that. Okay. And the last thing I kind of want to ask you is because you do travel so much. Are you looking for like a girl to travel with you? Are you wanting to settle down? Are you going to want to, are you going to slow down? Like, how is that going to work when you do travel as much as you do? That's a great question. I, well, number one in this season, I've already cut back travel. Um, it doesn't look like it, but I have yeah. a fair amount, um, mm -hmm. a little bit at least. I think I, I think the answer to that question depends on the girl I end up marrying. I don't like setting it up the other way around. Um, if she wants to travel or if she has a calling to travel and, and do different things, I would obviously have to cut back, especially when we have a family and stuff like that, which I'm totally open to doing. If she wants to travel with me, that's amazing. Or if she's more of like a home body that wants to stay home and like, uh, I'm great with that too. So I don't really have a, it depends on who I end up marrying, um, answers that question really. I love it. I know well, that's not, that's not the best answer, but that's okay. I don't have a plan there. It depends who it ends up being. I think that's good. And I think that's, it's sometimes healthy to not have a plan or have like a set thing where like it has to be this way. Like you find the person you discuss and figure that out together. Um, I'm, not, I'm not trying to find a girl to like fit into my box. I'm mm. like, let's build together whatever we want versus come and fit into my box of what I want. Okay. That's so good because 
So many people don't think that. They're like, this is my checklist and you have to fit my checklist. Otherwise, I'm completely writing you off. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. Yeah. I think just be open and be be flexible because I've just seen so many relationships where the girl was like, I never in my life thought I would marry this guy. And I did. And I'm like, that's why I'm like, be open to things and be, be malleable and willing to change and discuss. So true. Find someone that's worth breaking your boxes. Yeah. But not like the non-negotiables of like loving God and that type of stuff. Oh, yeah. But different yeah. things. Make yes. sure make sure they're Christian. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And don't flirt to convert. Find someone who's already a Christian. Mm, again, another bar. Love it. Okay, the last question I want to ask you, and I ask this to all my listeners, or all my, not my listeners, all my guests, is what makes you feel happy and healthy? What makes me feel happy and healthy? That's a great question. CrossFit, coffee. I would say what, what yeah, coffee for sure. Um, what makes me feel happy and healthy? I think what makes me feel happy and healthy is when I'm feeding all parts of the body, which is spirit, soul, and body. If I can feed all three, I'm realizing in this season now more than ever, that if I can feed all three, that's when I feel happy and healthy. That looks like working out every day. That looks like eating healthy. That looks like being in the word. That looks like having a routine. Looks like spending time with God. Looks like having community. So it's quite a vague answer. But I'll say if I can learn how to hit all three, um, that's what really makes me feel happy and healthy. And then being around the amazing community too is so refreshing to me. Like I know anytime I hang out with you or our friend group, I leave feeling refreshed. I'm like, that was amazing. That was so fun. So finding your people, mm. um, but you're feeding spirit, soul, and body. People underestimate how godly it is to work out. Yeah. It's not separate. Like that is holiness. That is being godly as working out. Um, so yeah, that would be my answer. That is a great answer. I completely agree. I just did this whole podcast on working out and I'm like, our bodies are a temple. We're supposed to take care of it, take care of it, but don't let it get too vain. Um, I think that's such a great answer. And that just like exactly summarizes my podcast. My podcast is happy and healthy for a reason, mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And when you're feeding all those verticals and you're like having them parallel, like rise together, I think you just become a whole, a wholesome, holy person. And I think your answer completely sums that up. So I love that. Um, Let's go. I love your podcast too. This is so fun. I love that you're doing this. Oh, thanks. No, I genuinely love podcasting. It has revived my soul. I mean, I did YouTube for 10 years and I was kind of feeling a, a little lost in that. And then when I started my podcast, it was like my soul just like lit back up. And so it just makes me so happy to do this. So thank you for being willing to do it with me as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, last but not least, well, speaking of our friend group, you should come to Rally because our, your whole friend group's going to be there. So I'm just saying. <laughs> Rally, I'm I'm trying. Maybe we'll see. Oh, we'll that see. means no. That means no. I highly, yeah, highly. As much as I want to be there. I, I like, know, I know, I'm, you're a busy I'm man. I'm gone three weeks of that month already traveling. I get you. I mean, I'm doing the same thing. I'm traveling with probably to Europe, and then I'm going to Nashville, and then I'm going to Florida, so I, I get you. I'm probably overcommitting a little bit too much myself. Okay, well, Dylan, thank you so much for being on Happy and Healthy. I really feel like this is just going to bless some people. I'm really glad I kind of left it more open-ended, because then we could really dive into, like, so many different other topics, and I do love hearing your perspective, because, like, even when we were in, like, Tahoe, and we kind of talked about... Calvinism and all the thoughts that you have I just like loved hearing your perspective and you really are like theologically super sound but you also do it in this like funny way that I'm like how does someone do that <laughs> so I love that and thank you for just coming thank on you. and blessing my listeners I loved it thank you for having me on it was a privilege and shout out 
Happy and healthy, gang. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. And last but not least, where can my listeners find you? What is, you know, you want to promote your Instagram, promote anything you have? I mean, Instagram, just my name. It's Dylan Long. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. And are I your mean, DMs open for some single ladies or what? I mean, my DMs <laughs> are open. Uh, whether it gets out of the request folder or not, I'm not making any promises. Oh, ouch. But this, ouch. I don't want to set up false expectations here. <laughs> no, like, I respect it. I respect it. Ladies, you can still shoot your known, shot, though. People have been known to make it out of the request folder, though, from time to time. Okay. So there's hope. So there is a slight chance. So you're saying there's a chance. Great. There's a chance. <laughs> I love it. All right, you guys. Well, you can check out Dylan's Instagram down below. It's Dil- It's just Dylan Long. Is that correct? It's Dylan Long. I-T-S, <laughs> Dylan Long. Okay, sick. And, yeah, if you are listening and you want to hire him for your church or whatever, great. Someone hire him from Dallas. He can come to Dallas. That'd be sick. Um, I want to come. I miss Dallas. You should. Well, you got to come out before it gets way too hot or just come back out in the fall um, because right now it's okay. it's sticky here. Anyway, okay, that was a great episode. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode i post these every single tuesday on youtube spotify anchor apple podcast you can check out dylan stuff down below you can watch this as well it's on youtube and yeah dylan you're the best hopefully i see you soon hopefully i see you out in july and uh thanks for being on it and thank you guys for listening until then stay happy and healthy bye y'all All right, you guys, that is today's episode with Dylan. I hope you guys enjoyed it. You guys can check him out on social media. Um, All his links will be also down below. And I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Sometimes I love to just bring people on and just chat kind of about whatever. And let me know if you guys like that. Um, Of course, I want to make sure this podcast is benefiting you guys and you're learning stuff as well. And I just think the guests I bring on are very intriguing. But I definitely have some other really cool ones that are geared towards more specific topics that have to do more with like habits and health and all those things. So stay tuned. I do have more really cool guests coming on soon. So make sure you guys check out all Dylan's social media links. And before we leave this podcast, I wanted to play a voice memo that I got from a listener recently, and I really enjoyed it. And she's also a monthly supporter of mine, which is very, very sweet. Thank you so much to Elizabeth. She donates monthly to this podcast. I wanted to play you guys really quickly a voice memo that she submitted in. Hi, Janine. I just want to say thank you so much for the how to not lose yourself in a relationship uh, boundaries and codependency episode. It helped me a lot and it was really insightful and uplifting and inspiring. I just want to continue to say thank you for what you do through this podcast. I started, I was, I've been a listener since March 2020 or since you started this in 2020 during COVID and it has uplifted my life and helped me through so many seasons of my life in these past two years. And I want to say thank you for continuing just to use the gift that God's giving you. Um, it's really impacting, at least me. Um, I know it's impacting so many other people. And I just want to say thank you for continuing to devote your time and your energy and just Um, your quiet time and your prayers for all those who listen. And I hope God continues just to do amazing things through this podcast. And I can't wait to see what else he continues to do through the gift that he's giving you. I love it. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. That's so, so sweet. That really means the world to me. Thank you guys for submitting those voice memos and donating monthly. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. 
Um, all right, you guys. So I'm going to be checking out of this podcast. Thank you guys for listening. I will always have another episode again next Tuesday because we post every Tuesdays because Tuesdays just got better, baby. And don't forget to check out the merch again on JanineAmapola.com. Can't wait to see you guys rock this. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in. You guys are awesome. Another solo episode coming soon. Love y'all so, so much. Have an amazing day, and I will see you guys later. Until then, stay happy and healthy. Bye, y'all. Bye.